Welcome to Cafe Radio, a collaboration between the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, the Congressional Award Foundation, and Elliott Hine Middle School in Washington, D.C. This podcast, featuring 8th grade students from Elliott Hine Middle School Media Program, is intended to help guide D.C. students through the opportunities the Congressional Award Program offers and provide information on how to explore the Congressional Award Program's pathways to career goals. And now, here's your host, Dr. Martez Hammonds. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I am Dr. Martez Hammonds, Chief Diversity Officer of Purdue University, Fort Wayne. And most definitely, I serve as a Congressional Award Advisor. And today, I am just one of your hosts. And we are your co-hosts, Ailey Johnson. And I am Avery Gamble. Absolutely. It is so good to be here with uh, Avery and Ailey. How are you all doing today? I'm doing great. Same with me. Same with you. Awesome. So tell us a little bit, how's school going? I mean, it's kind of go. Uh, we're almost closing the year, right? How's school going for you? Stressful. Stressful. Mm. Well, I enjoy it so far. The teachers are really nice. Okay. Yeah. So you enjoy it. The teachers are really nice. And remind our listeners, where do you all go to school? Um, Elliot. Yeah. Say again? Yeah, Elliot. What grades? Seventh. Seventh. Well, that's awesome. You know what? Let's tell our listeners about our topic for today. Today's topic is using technology to unlock the keys to success. Mm, something that our guest knows a lot about. So let's welcome Congressional Award Gold Medalist, I believe in the year of 2018, Miss Swati Bagaria, who is a student at the University of Michigan and an incoming, listen up y'all, incoming software engineer intern at Facebook. Yeah, you heard me, Facebook. Ms. Bagaria also founded and led four Girls Who Code chapters. Ms. Bagaria, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Why is it beneficial to embrace technology? Um, I think I think there's a lot of reasons why it's so beneficial. I think I think the reason the main reason why I love technology so much is it's so incredibly powerful in that. I could be sitting in my bedroom and with just a laptop, I can create something that people all over the world can see that they can benefit from in some way where I couldn't have ever interacted with them in any way without technology. And I think it allows you to become educated, it allows you to change lives. And, you know, COVID is a great example. If COVID happened 10 years ago, it would have been a completely different story where we couldn't have had online school and online work and all these things. So I think it's beneficial in so many ways. Many kids across the world do not have access to the internet. How can we help to change the narrative with regards to the digital divide? I think it's a hard problem to solve. And I think ultimately we can just work on helping them access it. And I think to me, there's really no way to fix this except investing money into this and Actually, you know, putting money where our mouth is ultimately because we can say that we want people to, you know, be able to use technology and all these things. But I think we have to actually dedicate ourselves to solving this problem. And it's not something that can be solved without actually investing resources into doing it. Absolutely. I like I like the way you said, you know, it. although it takes money and it takes resources, but it also takes dedication. 
And that is something that our Congressional Award Gold Medalist knows so much about. Dedication to a cause, to really influencing and making an impact on society as youth, right? So saying that to earn the Congressional Award Gold Medalist, I believe you personally developed a website that was to connect people to volunteer opportunities. So what I want you to do is to share more about the project and what really inspired you to do this project. Yeah, so I made the website back when I was in high school. And I guess the main reason I was inspired to do it is at the time and in high school, you know, everyone is everyone's trying to get all these volunteer hours so that they can put in their college applications. So everyone just does random things that they don't really care about and they just do it to sort of get these hours. And I feel like volunteering is such an amazing thing and there's so many cool places to go to, so many cool things to do, so many people to help. But I think people just don't know about it and they just try to do something to get the hours. So the goal of this website What it does is it connects people who want to volunteer with organizations that are looking. And this allows students who, you know, who want to volunteer to find a cause they're actually passionate about versus just going to, you know, the library or the hospital like everyone does. And I think my second goal with it was just to learn how to program and play around with that because I knew I was interested in tech, but I had never actually tried it. So I think it was a really good project to just see what it was like. Wow, that's awesome. Morse code was one of the earliest forms of technology that allowed people to communicate on a global website. Do you think there is a form of communication that will replace the internet? I don't think we'll replace the internet with any communication anytime soon, just because I think the internet is so powerful and how it allows us to communicate we have so many different platforms like, you know, WhatsApp and GroupMe and Zoom and Microsoft Teams and Slack. And there's just something for every kind of communication. And, you know, now I can interact with people all over the world for free. You know, there's no there's no cost to it. You know, be it like being someone from India when I was younger, I remember to talk to our family, there was this cost associated with it. So we couldn't communicate like as often. But now it's like everything's free and we can, you know, text each other, communicate all the time. So. I don't think anytime soon there will be anything replacing it, but maybe in the future there will. I mean, what what would we do without internet, right? (laughs) (laughs) What would we do without internet? I mean, we wouldn't have been able to have classes this past year without internet. Uh, Avery said that he, you know, he gets some free games. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure you use the internet for those games, right, Avery? Well, yeah, definitely for the games. I enjoy playing video games. Yeah. What about you, Ailey? How how are you using the internet right now? Uh, Mostly to play video games and just to talk to my friends. And as you know, and as I know, right, the Congressional War Foundation is really focused on students engaging into STEM activities, right? We know that there is a need for more young people, especially women like yourselves, Ailey and uh, Swati, to pursue STEM careers to meet the growing needs within this industry. So, Swati, how does it feel to be a female software engineer? And what uh, would you tell other women? I know we're leaving ourselves out right now, Avery. But what would you tell other women about this field as well? I think 
I think being a software engineer is amazing and it's super, super fun. But at the same time, being a female software engineer, I think, is really, really hard as well because everyone around you is male where in your classes, there's very few females and most of the people you'll, you'll work with on group projects will be males. And I think there's just small, small ways where sort of society works against you, where for example, you know, a lot of guys will grow up being interested in programming because they've been able to play around with it versus a lot of girls. If they're CS majors, the first time they code is when they get to college. So it feels like we sort of have a disadvantage there. And I know for me, you know, I, I've questioned my decision to like major in CS a million times. And that's just, I think that's something a lot of people go through. And so I think what I would tell others is if they feel like they're passionate about STEM, uh, just don't give up and you'll fail a lot many, many times. But I think just don't let that deter you and make sure to ask for help as much as you can. Don't be afraid to get advice from as many people as possible. You know, don't don't be ashamed of that or anything. Just take as much advice as you can. Yeah, and let our listeners know what STEM stands for. What is it? Science, technology, engineering, math. Absolutely. And some folks like myself have added an A to it to make it yeah. STEAM, right? Yeah. So that we can talk about arts, arts as well. Yeah, good Good stuff. Ms. Pajeria, what learning techniques has the world picked up by integrating technology? I think, first of all, through technology, you can learn literally anything you want just by Googling it which is extremely, extremely powerful. But at the same time, I think we've also learned how to sort of know what's credible because of social media. You know, we we see a lot of misinformation going around and I think technology has brought that sort of a skill that's developed in us to understand what the truth is and what, or at least what we believe the truth is and what isn't because there on social media, there is a lot of, a lot of things that aren't true being spread around. Um, but we've also learned to sort of from each other's each other because ultimately all this knowledge that's being spread around on the internet it's being spread by other, other humans. So we've just learned how to how to interact with each other in a mutually beneficial way. In your opinion, what fuels the excitement of inquiring minds as they work to create the next levels in technology? I think a lot of students are just fueled by just building cool things and solving the world's problems. Ultimately, I know a lot of the smartest people I've met at school, they're all a lot of them are, you know, working on their own startups or they want to go work at companies like SpaceX or Tesla and build things, you know, to help the environment, to help the world in some way. So I think ultimately people are just fueled by changing the world in whatever the way they're most passionate about. Absolutely. Well, look, we cannot let another minute go by without you talking a little bit about this amazing internship that you are embarking upon, uh, which is with Facebook, one of the most influential companies in the world, most definitely around technology. How does that feel? And, you know, can you share anything about the experience with our listeners? Yeah, I think I think it feels really, really great. I think for the recruiting process to get hired at these companies, you go through a lot, a lot of work where it's, you know, you spend your whole day working on school. And then as, as soon as you're done with schoolwork, you start working on, you know, recruiting and you have to do a million interviews and there's this whole process. But once you get hired, it's like, wow, like 
it it just feels like a huge personal victory, you know. And but I definitely think you know your first feeling is of excitement. Your second feeling is wow, I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough. I think that's a feeling that that's always been there. But I've started working there, and I think the company itself is amazing. And what I love is how passionate everyone around me is. And you know, you really have the power to build anything you want there. And there's even as an intern, there's no one sort of stopping you from doing something. You really do have power to do anything, which is amazing. Good, Miss Bajeria. Tell us about your girl who code chapters. Yeah. So the story behind those. I guess originally when I was in high school, I randomly came across this organization. The founder of Girls Who Code is this Indian woman who, which I just thought was amazing. You know, someone like me who's doing something so cool, sort of changing the world in this amazing way. I think I just found out about the founder and then I found out about the organization. And once I learned more, I just really, really loved what they were doing. Uh, what Girls Who Code does is essentially they're clubs where you have some kind of project that the whole club works on. And so I started a chapter at my high school and that was going really, really well. But then we realized that a lot of girls, once they get to high school, they sort of already know what they want to do. So we found that there wasn't as much interest at the high school level. So we sort of recouped and we decided to then start clubs at the um, junior high schools, sort of the middle schools in our district. And we found that to be way more successful. We had like 50 people per club and there everyone came to every meeting and was just super, super excited. And I think that really, it was a huge experience for me because I saw that, you know, there are a lot of girls that are interested, but I think they sort of get deterred by a lot of different things but initially a lot of people are interested in stem so it was a really amazing experience mm -hmm. so miss Vergaria, what advice would you give to a student who is considering a program of study in stem i think i would say the same advice as i was saying earlier number one be very passionate about it because I think passion fuels you more than anything. Even when things get hard, it's that passion that will continue to fuel you and work hard and don't give up no matter what. You know, you will fail many, many times, but don't let that deter you. Yeah, that's some really good advice. You know, continue, be, you know, perseverance and, and, and just know that, you know, even when you fail, folks, uh, you just have to get back up and dust yourself off and what they say, try again, right? And so, uh, Ms. Vigaria, thank you very much for all of this wonderful time. I just want, uh, what are a couple of things would you say to Avery and uh, Ailey who are truly thinking about starting their journey with the Congressional Award? And also some of the other DC, right? The DC students who are also thinking about it as well. What would you say to them about starting their journey with the Congressional Award? I would definitely encourage them to pursue it because I think, I think what I love about Congressional Award is that it truly does turn you into a sort of a more global person, someone who truly understands, you know, what kinds of problems are impacting the world. And it allows you to interact with those problems because, you know, there are these huge requirements for congressional or for, for volunteering. I think for the gold medal, it's like 400 hours and you do have to do a deep dive into it. But I think once you finish that, 
the payoff of it is amazing because it completely changes you where you have a much better just view of, I guess, you know, life, honestly. Absolutely. So Avery or Ailey, either one of you do any volunteer work already? Um, not right now, because I'm usually just staying at my grandparents' house. So I don't get much chances to. Okay. What about I you? mean, the most I can consider volunteer work is helping my disabled family. Yeah, and, and that absolutely, those things absolutely do count, right? Towards the congressional I, board. Go ahead. I think, yeah, I think one thing I would add is volunteering doesn't always just have to be going somewhere and doing this kind of work. For example, yes. that volunteering website I worked on, that's also volunteering where I am, like, I'm giving my time to help this cause. So volunteering doesn't, it doesn't always have to be the typical sense of, you know, you go somewhere and you do work. Yes, I think I think I, I, can, I, I can only agree. Right. <laughs> I can only agree. Um, and so, again, as we continue to think about our D.C. students being involved in congressional award, the congressional award does have a special component that is geared towards STEM and the interests of our students. And this is kind of new. Right. But, you know, as you complete so many hours in any of the STEM areas and the work that you're doing as a young person, you can receive an honor. It's a lapel pin and you get in this other club that deals with congressional award medalists who have interest in STEM. So again, it's about education. It's about commitment. Folks, we need more students of color. We need more women, right? We need more folks from underrepresented populations doing STEM and being in the STEM field. Don't be scared. Start early, right? Swati, it's, it's better for them to start early, like in middle school, to, to, to really concentrate on the STEM industry. So again, we say thank you, thank you, thank you for being our guest, Ms. Bagaria, on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was an amazing experience. And thanks to everyone for listening to Cafe Radio. I am Avery Gamble. I'm Ailey Johnson. And I am Dr. Martez Hammonds. You all have a great day. You've been listening to Cafe Radio, hosted by Dr. Martez Hammonds, Chief Diversity Officer at Purdue University in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Radio Cafe podcast is a collaboration between the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, the Congressional Award Foundation, and students from the Elliott Hine Middle School Media Program, facilitated by Mandrell Burks. For more information about the Congressional Award Foundation, visit congressionalaward.org.